This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Jessie May. This is the Sharp Tongue Podcast. A little bit of a regularly scheduled program episode. We're going to talk to somebody. There's no grief involved. Well, I mean, a little bit of like natural grief, but this is just a regular Sharp Tongue Podcast episode, old school style. Thank you guys so much for your support. Make sure you check out the YouTube page. You know what's up. YouTube.com forward slash Jessie May Peluso. We have Bong and Movie That's Back. I'll be releasing the audio for that. We did The Thing a couple weeks ago, John Carpenter's The Thing. And we also did, what did we do last week? We did Labyrinth. Hello, Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Both of those available on my YouTube page. I do it live and the video stays up for you to enjoy. It's like a movie companion show. You just play it along. You can play it right from the beginning and queue up your movie and I let you know when to play the movie. It's a lot of fun. We're going live on Fridays at 8 p.m. on my YouTube and my Facebook page, both youtube.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso, facebook.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso. I don't know what's wrong with my voice. I'm losing my voice. I will be going back out on the road at some point. I feel it calling me, so stay tuned for that. I will release dates as I get them. I want to do it safely, but I really miss you guys. I miss stand-up. I haven't been on the stage in so many months, so that will be coming shortly. Those details will be happening shortly. My Netflix show, we're still in post-production. I will let you know as soon as I have the okay to promote it. When you guys can look for it, it will be on Netflix. My Spotify podcast should be done. We recorded. I'll let you know when that's going to be coming out. So many beautiful things happening in 2021 already. And I just really appreciate you guys. I know I say it every week, but I mean it. This has been uh, a beacon for me during a very difficult time and a focal point and also very cathartic. So I thank you. And speaking of cathartic, this episode is very much that. I think I have a new boyfriend. I don't know. But we had a lot of fun chatting. It's a comedian who I've known who I haven't really known. And that's why I wanted him on my podcast to get to know him. And we did that. And it was a lot of fun. A lot of surprising things I found out about him. And I hope you guys enjoy it with stand-up comedian, actor, and Instagram model, Matt Reif. (laughs) Sorry, Matt. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. you probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy how hard it is to make it in this biz i'm a fucking professional each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me what's up peeps it's your girl jesse may this is the sharp tongue podcast coming to you somewhat live from my sister's kitchen the whole house is empty i have a whole empty house which is the first time in like 
I don't know, three months. It went from two screaming toddlers and two screaming parents and four dogs to minus those people. And I still have the dogs and it's me. I'm not good at math. So hopefully you caught up with that. Um, this today's episode is going to be unique in that normally I'm kind of interviewing somebody. Usually it's somebody I know or somebody I'm interested in. So one out of two ain't bad. This episode features a fellow comedian and him and I have done shows together. He's had me on his shows when we did have shows back in LA when comedy was still a thing. Um, I'm out of breath because I just did a lap around my sister's island trying to get the dog to not eat the edibles that I left out. So let me catch my breath. So he's he's very, very funny. Um, I'm sure he gets the same thing, which we're going to get into in the conversation about his looks over his talent, which I've suffered my entire career. Uh, I think he's an Ohio native. I know he was on MTV's Wild and Out. And I also saw that he was in a horror movie, which we're going to have to add to the bong and movie uh, feature list. And maybe he'll come back and do like a live um, movie commentary. We'll have to see if we can bribe him. Everybody, welcome the hilarious, very, very funny Mr. Matt Reif. Yeah, we're never seeing that scary movie ever. We are I'm, going I'm to hoping see... it never comes out. <laughs> when, it, okay, I, I did like a quick search because I know a little bit about you, but I saw that you were in a horror movie and I do this thing called bam it's bong and movie mm-hmm. and it's kind of like just like a movie companion thing where i get stoned and people can watch live and so i was so excited to watch this movie and you're telling me it's not even out yet which which one are you referring to i've done i've done a couple of horrors Black you know pumpkin. oh no <laughs> not that one no 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 okay that i did that movie like four and a half years ago and they it just came out it's um it's not it's not great for sure um it's like it's almost it's one of those movies that actually if you're high you might actually enjoy you can enjoy how horny it is yeah you know look i i'm a huge okay so we're gonna get to know each other so one thing about me that you should know is i'm a huge horror movie nerd like i watch all you are Mm -hmm. massive horror movie fan that's crazy. I see. This is so funny about like people in your perspective. I would never pin you as that, but then again, I don't know you. I would. Can I tell you movies I think you watch? <laughs> Absolutely. Go right ahead. Fight Club, Roadhouse. <laughs> no. Call me by your name. I was gonna say, bring it on. Wow. If you don't think I'm an avid East Compton Clover fan, you're crazy, okay? <laughs> of course I don't bring it on. Stereotypes are fun for a reason. Oh, my God. What is uh, – and I told Matt before we started recording that he can ask me anything, too. We're going to treat this like a getting-to-know-you thing. What is um, – who's your doppelganger? I get Cillian Murphy all the time. Yep. Is that what you're going to say? Hundred percent, but I don't want to like you know. I want to know what you have heard, as, and, and as opposed to me telling you and putting my vibes on what I think, Cillian Murphy for sure. Cillian Murphy. Sometimes, like when I have uh, my hair done, at least uh, like Brendan Fraser before he was. Oh yeah, beanbag chair. Um, <laughs> beanbag chair. Have you seen him recently? No. Okay, I need to see what he looks like. Oh, you absolutely, you absolutely <laughs> need to see a, a current picture of Brendan Fraser. This actually can't <laughs> wait. Hold on. 
You're going to pull it up for us? <laughs> Absolutely. You, this is what you need an assistant for. I do. I need I need my girl to get on this. Oh, shit. Right? He looks like a, a Macy's Day parade float. He looks like he's metamorphosing into a, a frog. <laughs> he looks like the penguin. He does. <gasps> wow. Is that? Jesus. I got to put my hair up. Hold on. That's her. I wonder. I wonder. That used to be him. Crazy. I remember that. I remember that from back in the day. What was he famous for? I don't even remember the, like, uh, what the was mummy. his thing? The Mummy and uh, George of the Jungle. Yes. Journey, of the, Journey to the Center of the Earth. And now he, like, I think he's on that, um, I don't know what network it's on. It's a DC show. Um, what the fuck is it called? He plays, like, basically a robot man where he wears, like, a robot helmet the entire time. So, like, you would never even know it's him. That's how you I know mean- you're ugly when people just start throwing face shields on you. For no reason. Yeah, and also, like, why even have him be in the movie or yeah, the show? Anybody. Yeah, why get his cousin? Get somebody who's exactly. not. I was gonna say not as expensive, but sorry, Brandon, I don't know what your rate is, but I can't. Im- I, I'm sure you and I are like par for par, almost. I might be more. I might really? cost more. <laughs> who do you, who do you get that you look like? Um, I get the most I've gotten in my life is Sandra Bullock, and then mm. Bridget Fonda. Those are the two that I've gotten. Not bad. Not, Not bad, you know, I'll take it. I'll even take Sandy Bullock now. Like, people always talk shit about people getting work done. And who fucking cares? Yeah, who cares? Getting, getting plastic surgery is kind of like doing steroids in sports. You know what I mean? Like, it often makes it better. You know, like, would you <laughs> rather a bunch of ugly people be walking around? Like, get out of here. Are you serious? Right. Would we want Lance Armstrong to lose the race? No, we want him to win. He lost a nut. He didn't lose exactly. a nut for nothing. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the only thing that got attention for cycling was the fact that he had one ball. Two balls just wasn't exciting. He needed the work done. Uh, I wonder, like, do you, like, you think you come less with one nut? Mm. Or do you think that one is like overcompensating for the missing one? Oh, it could be. It could be like that kid who survives after like an accident and his 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 sibling died, and he, and he gets all the talent from it. He has to like overcompensate for the loss of his sibling. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen? Um, oh boy, what's it called? Uh, Walk hard, the Dewey Cox story. So fucking funny so good it's It's so so underrated i can't believe people haven't seen this movie it's so well done you know he He what that's actually him saying the entire movie i did not know that really yeah john c robbie went to a uh a theater school where he did a lot of uh a lot of a lot of singing he is so fucking funny. I, Step Brothers, I honestly was considering doing that for Bam, but I think Walk Hard would be a fun one because it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a sleeper. You know, it's like fans know it, but it's not something that is as popular as Step Brothers or something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, that would be my vote. It's so well done. It's a spoof, if anybody doesn't know what it is, it's like a spoof of uh, of Walk the Line, right? Yeah, it's a spoof of, of John Cash, Johnny Cash. So good. <laughs> Oh, and his brother dies, and the dad keeps telling him about how the wrong kid died. It's it's beautifully done. It's beautifully done. I've been crying this entire... We've been on for eight minutes, and I'm crying already. Okay. When's the last time you cried? Ooh. 
like re- like really really cry like like an emotional cry or triggered by something cry something where you know tears were streaming from your face mm, it's been a couple years really <clears throat> yeah I'm not is that what crying. it feels like to be a man you guys just don't cry as much no i definitely i cry when it when when it's it's time I'm just not, I don't know. I'm probably, I'm probably very unsympathetic. Uh, I, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not sad that often for things going on. The last time I cried period was about probably nine months ago. I rewatched radio with Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> is that fucking sad? Is he like mentally challenged? Yeah. Forget that's how we have to describe it now. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm laughing. Challenged thinking about you crying about watching a movie about somebody who's got a mental disability. When the mom dies? Are you kidding me? What's he just going to be there by himself? (laughs) It's so spoiler alert. If you guys haven't seen radio yet, the mom dies. and It's the saddest fucking thing I've ever seen. Well, my mom did too, and it is very brutal. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I forgot immediately. No, it's fine. We don't really know each other, and I love dark shit. Dark shit is like my wheelhouse. It's it's oh okay. Then thank God. Yeah, no, it's I mean stand up comedy. Hello, it's that's the you know the precursor to even getting on stage is experiencing some shit. But like I said before we started recording, um, or when we started recording, do you like get people talking shit about you? Because you obviously you're an attractive person, and for some reason traditionally people associate comedy with ugliness and you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. ugly in order to be funny, which I think is just a, it's just a crock of shit. But what in your life did you experience that made you want to do stand up? Was it something dark and traumatic or was it something different? Jumping right into therapy. I see. Yeah. It's kind of my vibe. Well, (laughs) I think think it all started when um, my, uh, well, my, uh, my dad died when I was, like, two, so I didn't really have a dad growing up. Damn. I mean, um, you can pause and stop right there. That'll do it for a, a boy. I know. I'm thinking about building my career off of it. It seems to be in style right now. Totally. Um, he died when I was two, so that's probably strike one. And then I uh, ended up with, like, you know, like, the stereotypical, like, movie stepdad where it's, like, white trailer trash, alcoholic, abusive stepdad. Oh, Ended fuck. up with one of those for like uh, like 16 years. And then then just probably traumatic relationships. Yeah. But I was also very ugly up until like three years ago. <laughs> that, like, I was forced to have a personality. Thank God. Isn't it funny when your your beauty, like it comes, I, I feel the same way. I feel like I just got pretty like six Six days ago. Six days ago. <laughs> You've been hot for so long. Are you kidding me? That's gonna be my my special title. Hot for so long. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um. Thank you for that compliment. What? What? What made your father pass away? Like, what was he sick? Did he get into an accident? Did your oh, mom murder you him? This, you ready for this crowd pleaser? Yes, Still I am. Died. Gun though, so not as cool, you know. He probably could have been more creative. Wow, I definitely didn't get my creativity from him. We'll say that, but at least he's concise, he's straight to the point. Absolutely, he doesn't hesitate. We'll say no, that. He, he's a man who knows what he, he knows how to make a decision, he knows exactly what he wants out of life. 
and that's to get out. That I understand. That I you, understand. Matt, do you talk about this in your stand-up? I do. I have a whole bit about how, like, the number one thing that I wanted as a kid growing up, that, like, the same thing that I wished for every single year on my birthday was a trampoline. Like, I wanted a trampoline so bad, I never wished for my dad to be alive again. <laughs> like, I just wanted the trampoline. It's like a whole thing about very pro trampoline. It's a very young bit. It's cute, though. I like that. I like that you put, like, you know, those things in our <laughs> lives that sort of the harder, the harder, more trying times that define who we're going to be. You know, I feel like talking about your dad killing himself and all of that, all of that, what we just spoke about, I think Mm -hmm. would, would be amazing on stage. I really do. I Um, love it because what is it about like the reaction of something like that, that we love so much? Cause like a reaction from that kind of joke where it's kind of a mixture of people who have the dark sense of humor and are laughing. And then like the other 50% is kind of like, Oh my God, why is that so satisfying to make people so uncomfortable? I think, I think because you're tapping into something, it's almost like, um, kind of like a magician where they, they have a secret and they are able to surprise an audience or engage an audience. And the audience still doesn't know how they do it. Because mm. most people wouldn't be able to get up and talk about their father's death or talk about whatever it is, incest or rape or suicide. It, people don't know how that's done. So I think yeah. when they hear something that's so perverse in society, even though we've evolved so much, we're still really prudish when you think about it, especially America. Mm. Oh, I my feel God. Like, it's getting worse, I feel like. Oh, what the? F- I mean... It's like both ends of the spectrum. It's like OnlyFans is popping off, but also you can't say or do anything. Yeah, only, you can sell your pussy online, but don't say retard. That's exactly, hard. exactly. You have to say radio from here on out. <laughs> I I started to um, use the word retard once in a while. And it's, it's sort of that thing where I know I shouldn't, but it's not meant in any sort of derogatory way. Cause it's just a fucking word. And that's why I use it because I feel like you use it more. You, you relinquish the power of it and what it does to people. I was just talking to my roommate about that the other day. Um, we were talking about the N word and no, I'm kidding. No, we were, we were, talking, <laughs> we were talking about retarded and how it's, have you ever used the word retarded and actually been talking about somebody with a, a for real like mental handicap? Never. It never means that. Never. Ever. So it just it's crazy how people give words power. It so is. Literally, if you wanted to, you could change the meaning and purpose and context of these words. And I think, don't you think like the power of the word causing harm lies in the person who hasn't done the work to heal from whatever it is. And I'm not saying like, obviously Mm. certain mental disabilities you can't heal from, Mm. but I'm a firm believer because I've also been through a lot of shit like you've been through. And you know, if you feel like getting into it, we can get into it, but I'm a firm believer that your healing is your responsibility. Like you can victimize yourself and become a victim and live that life. But there is a choice to be made to go on the other side of that and learn how to figure out how to exist and not have those things that happen to you define you. Absolutely. Oh my God. I couldn't. Oh my God. How have we take, how have we taken so long to have these conversations? I don't know. I could not agree more. I've been talking about that on stage a lot more recently too, because my, I feel my material is starting to get 
a little bit darker, a little bit edgier to where a lot of people are visually hesitant to be on board with this. So I start talking um, a lot more about how that's kind of my coping process. Like whenever something bad happens, I, I don't know if it's an instinct or even maybe like a, a way of like self-defense or something like that. But instantly my, my brain goes to the jokes. Whenever I hear about something traumatic or bad that happens, it's always inappropriate. So I don't know what that coping mechanism is exactly. Like, I, I mean, I do a whole bit about like school shootings and like, cause one, one woman came up to me after the show and was like telling me like, it wasn't cool that I was making school shooting jokes, which is like, what is she talking about? And then the reason being, she was like, what if you uh, lost your kid in a school shooting incident? Like, do you think you could make jokes about it then? And like, that was such a, that was such like an eye-opening moment for me that like really made me sit back and think like, could I actually make jokes about my kid if I lost him in a school shooting incident? And I could, 100%. I would be (laughs) killing it at that funeral. Like, I wouldn't be able to hesitate. Are you kidding me? My kid? Fuck you. That's fair game. Okay. That's the only, that's like the, the time when you have to do it. Yeah, right. Like he was never good at hiding speak. stuff like that, you know, like that you can't expect me to be up there all sad every single day because there's so much bad stuff happening every single day, especially these days, I feel like. Um, but it's like, I can't imagine someone who can't make light of these bad situations. And that just takes up like such a negative space in their head all day, every day. That seems like a miserable way of living. It does. It seems exhaustive and like just it's a it's like a vicious cycle. And and when you think about history and historically people who have been entertainers, mm-hmm. it's prostitutes and court jesters. Like those are two of the oldest careers that have existed mm-hmm. and they continue to exist. And the more we get into that path, like you were talking about, of censorship and what words can and should and shouldn't be said or used and start to censor free speech it gets into a really slippery fucking slope Mm -hmm. it really does do you ever listen to ricky gervais talk about these subjects um i wonder there might have been some videos i don't know i can't think of anything specifically but i do love him i love what he his his stand-up and all of his work I, I think he's brilliant. I mean, he's incredibly well-educated and well-read on the psychology of words and everything. And I, just, I mean, I love his entire take on it. Just, I mean, overall, his view on it is like every, eventually everyone's going to die. So you might as well have a laugh. And a lot of the times people are confusing um, the subject of the joke for the actual punchline of the joke. Yes. It's because you joke about something that might have that might reference the word that triggers you. It doesn't even mean that's what's being made fun of. No. And, and it's also like, there's an evolution of language. We didn't come out of the water with full speech. You mm-hmm. know, there, we grunted before we made full sentences. And so everything evolves and people get so, maybe it's a thing where people get so scared of change because it means they have to change. And so maybe the, the word triggering their offense is more their fear of having to evolve as an individual. You know, it means they have to do something different. And a lot of people don't want to do that. I can, un- if that is the case, I can understand it. But no, I guess, because I, I have that feeling towards like social media 
granted it's like very my generation like i hate social media i cannot stand it if it were I, me, I would do everything mm-hmm. i just um, said the same shit today to my girl carly i'm like i just want to get rid of everything right oh my god i miss it so much not and like i have a good size following but like not that i'm ungrateful for it but like i, I would much prefer to not have it it's just it's so depressing all the time so meaning like like I, I just got on TikTok right after a year of telling everyone. Uh, did you really? I can't. I don't even. I don't know how to do it. I'm stressed. I haven't used a single filter. I have done nothing but upload like old stand-up bits that I don't even do anymore. I uploaded two videos that were from like 2012. See, I have no clue how to use it. I'm like, here. I guess I'll try it out like years of people being like, you got to do, you got to do it. I was like, no, fuck. That's so stupid. I'm not trying to impress a bunch of 12 year olds. And then I get on there and like my third video gets like 4.4 million views in like two days. I was like, fuck, it's so for me. Now I have to be on here. (laughs) What is your, okay. I need to see the, what is the video? Now I need to go on. Oh, it's such an old clip too. It's about, uh, it's about looking like a fuck boy, but having feelings. Okay. I can see how that can go viral though. Cause that's like right in the zeitgeist of people who are on the app. And that's like right in the language of what's going on. And then it gets addictive. Then you're like, okay, so how do I roll this into something else? It's almost like gambling for our generation. Yeah, absolutely. But I hate the evolution of social media and having to do that. Like you and I, our, our entire careers are based, are based on live performance. You know, like it's so stupid that we have to evolve and play these games and attach ourselves to like whatever the next big thing might be rather than just do what we already know we're good at. And That's let the thing. So That's if people struggle that way about changing their thought process on words, I guess it's similar, but I guess the difference would be like TikTok and social media is kind of like lifestyle based versus feeling a certain way about words is, you know, a lot more of an internal battle, I guess. It totally is. It totally is an internal battle. And you talked about Ricky Gervais. Do you know, have you ever heard of um, Doug Stanhope's bit on words and language? No, but I love Stanhope. So good. It's so good. He basically pulls up the parallel of how the word retard replaced the word imbecile. And now we use the word imbecile to, to describe like idiots. Like, oh, he's mm. he's an imbecile. We don't use it that much, but it's still it's meaning its connotation has evolved because the retard took its place. Mm-hmm. And he's just saying, can't you see? There'll be something to replace retard. There'll be something to replace that. And it's you know, finding a way to make your life worthwhile as opposed to just being a fucking fended. It, it drives blows, me nuts. It, it blows my mind. It's so strange. And it's like, you know, I had I have these jokes about rape. I've I, my, the first time I ever had sex, I was raped. That's one of my cry uh, sad stories. Um, so funny. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this is going to be great on stage. I don't even want to stop it. I should just let this you know, play its course. Cause it'll be a good story. And I, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued. So I've been working these jokes out for a long time. Cause it takes, 
it takes a while to figure out how that's going to work, you know, because it's still such a touchy subject. Now it's like popular. But like when I first started doing these jokes, it was a, it was a touchy subject. And a couple of years ago when I was on the road in Detroit, I was at this really dingy place in Detroit called Max Bar. It was like an old rock and roll club mm-hmm. and really dingy and dirty and kind of seedy. But it was just perfect. I was like, oh, this is a good spot to like work these jokes out. And so I went into it and and, you know, did all my other stuff about my dead dad and Alzheimer's and all that shit. And then after the show, these two girls come up to me and they yelled at me about my rape jokes. They're like, it's not appropriate. You can't talk about that on stage. And as a woman, you should, you should, you know, you should really be, you should really be offended and, and really disgusted with yourself. And I was like, I I'm hearing everything. I was just like a manager at fucking, Trader Joe's. I'm like, I'm hearing everything and I am understanding that you're not happy, mm-hmm. but I just have one question for each of you girls and, and please don't take offense to this more so than anything that you've already been offended by tonight. Were either of you raped? And both of them were. And neither of them had started to go into therapy or deal with it. And that is, to me, one of the quintessential issues of people who get offended. They're triggered. They're triggered by something. They're triggered by something in their past and their trauma and their mm-hmm. story that they haven't really unearthed or excavated on their own to start to deal with. You know, it's see that I can accept and understand and, and that level of sensitivity and handling it that way makes complete sense to me. What bothers me is people who haven't been through that situation and think they need to be offended because <laughs> it's on the right side of it. That drives me insane. Well, those motherfuckers who just don't have anything to do. They're they're bored as fuck. They don't have anything. It's 100% white people. White bitches. All all the time. Sorry, ladies. hesitate to be offended for other people. What's the saying? Like, saying you have a problem is the first step to solving the problem. Like, white bitches, you got a problem. I love you so much. I am one. Okay. Well, you bitches open your mouths. I would say nine out of 10 times at my shows when I've gotten heckled, it's been a white bitch. Yeah, I'd say the same. I don't think I've ever been heckled by a black person negatively. Never. Ever. Not once. Ever, 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 ever. What is, um, what's one of the craziest things that ever happened to you on stage? Is, if You've been doing stand-up through quarantine a little bit? Quite a bit, actually. Thankfully. Thankfully. Ugh. So um, jealous. I know. Come to our show, Jess. I know. I know. Once I get out of this, where are you? What state? I'm in up, uh, New York State, upstate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Craziest things that's happened. Um, I've been very lucky. Um, I, I haven't. I've never been booed. Um, like no one's ever like tried to fight me or anything. Even though I, I, I definitely welcome it for sure. Um, <laughs> Why you think you have a face that somebody wants to punch? Very punchable face. <laughs> Very punchable. Um, I'd say the weirdest thing that happens happens it happens more often than I wish it would is like, oh god, this is so shallow. People will like ask me to take my shirt off on stage <laughs> and will literally pay me like I've gotten somebody to pay me five hundred dollars cash on stage to like take my shirt off. Well, that's weird you should say that because I was going to ask you. I don't have $500, but I do have half a lemon. Yeah, that'll get you. Uh, that'll, that'll, that'll get you. Um, I'll take the beanie <laughs> oh, off. Oh, okay. Sure. That's great because I am definitely hair sexual. That, that really works. Thanks. You got great hair. You earned it. Thank you. <laughs> it happens probably 
probably every other month. Damn. And it's not even like bachelorette parties or anything. It'll be like a woman with her husband. It's so Oh, I can weird. see that. I it's can see that. A way more uncomfortable circumstance than it even should be. I can see that totally. And I can see the husband pretending he's offended and pretending he's grossed out. Meanwhile, he's like, we got to get him home. We got to get him in the truck. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been like propositioned by couples? Like maybe once. Maybe once like, you know, you should like come out to drinks with us or whatever. And I never like straight back to the home, but like it's, I, I, I get the vibe. I catch on. Are you, have you in your past been like, you know, a typical male comic who's like a whore on the road? Or are you, are you like I've a... Maybe, I've been doing stand-up, it'll be 10 years this April, and I have maybe looked up like twice ever. What? Ever. No, because like, here's, here's the thing. Well, going That's back to what we were talking about earlier, most male comics are not, you know, great looking or probably don't have a ton of options. Not saying that I do, I'm just saying in general... Um, so, I mean, I feel like they're probably a little bit more intrigued, but ah. to me, road stand-up comedy is usually like couples night out. It's never like hot, single, horny girls night out. You haven't been to my shows. <laughs> please you take I, me on tour with you. Please, please take me on tour. Can I please feature for you in 2022? That's all I ask. That would be so fucking funny. Like, instead of the untouchables, it's like the unfuckables. Wow. That is funny. There's something there. We might have to do something in 2021 or 2022, whenever this shit happens. I would not hesitate. Because I I say the same thing. Like, people are like, oh, dudes must always hit on you. No. And not that I'd want that or welcome that. but They they really don't. No, I think... It's happened a, f- a couple times, but it's not anything where I, it's something to remark about. I think mm-hmm. maybe because of my energy and my persona and in my content that I don't put out that vibe of someone who's looking to smash on the road. And I don't put out that vibe of like a vulnerable girl who you could pull one over on. So they probably just don't even try. That makes sense. Yeah, you probably don't want your brand to be like, I give out Minnesota blowjobs. <laughs> well, well, what happens in Minneapolis stays in my my, a- my apple, my apple puss, whatever. <laughs> apple puss. I haven't been on stage in a year. Please give me this moment. It's all yours. Bask in it. I was I was messaging with Segura and I'm like I don't think I'm funny anymore. He goes, "Trust me, you are." I'm like, I really don't. I haven't been on stage. I, like, this is the longest break I've had from stand up, and I've been doing stand up for I want to say, let's see, eighteen years. I've been doing stand up. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How old are you? Thirty eight. Mm-hmm. Good. Yep. Good job. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. It's semen. It's mainly semen. Got to get on that. Yep. You use it as a, you just everywhere. You just bask in it. It doesn't even matter. Intravenously on your face. Put your toes in it. It's magical. I'll it's just a fountain of you. Through West Hollywood. <laughs> done and done. That was the first place I ever lived in LA. And I grew up, when I grew up in Ohio, like it was a very small town. There was no gay people at all. I had never met a gay person until I was like 17 years old. Where so, in Ohio? 
middle of nowhere. It's a very small town, like an hour west of Columbus. It's called North Lewisburg. It's like maybe, maybe 2,000 people, if that. Damn. Damn. Oh, yeah, like one stoplight that could easily be a four-way stop. Um, like Do you know never- Curtis, Ohio? Hmm? Have you heard of Curtis, Ohio? C-U-R-T-I-C-E. I think it's it's like that. It's like a small-ass town in Ohio. How do you know about it? I was driving cross-country, and I stopped there, and I stopped in this bar that literally looked like something out of like a Quentin Tarantino vampire movie. And I'm like, this should be fun. And you open the door. It's all dusty. You know how like bars are just dusty sometimes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> cigarette smoke. I'm like, oh, fuck. There's going to be racism in this fucking... If there's cigarette smoke in a bar in America today, there's racism. It's and- in- That's what the smoke is. It's racism in the air. You can physically see it. I sat down. I ordered like a Coors Light. It's all they had. I'm like, can I have a beer? Do you have anything like, you know, fancy? And they're like, here's a cool Coors Light. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I was like, do you have any local? They're like, we got Coors Light. I'm like, great. I feel like I'm gonna be a racist after I drink this. And five minutes into it, all there were four dudes there, all saying, end this, end that, like just casually. And I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah, my uh, my high school was like that. I um, we had four black students and they were even they were mixed and they were my all four of them were my best friends since kindergarten how weird how that worked out when they had four students who were black in our entire high school and any white person could say the n-word at any given time because it's like the the ratio you know what i mean who the ratio who, who who was gonna stop it it was uh, incredibly uncomfortable to watch that's funny you gotta write that shit down like the racism ratio Racism that's, ratio. That's really good. And it's poignant because it is definitely the whatever that the cultural, you know, um, ma- majority is. Mm-hmm. If there's all white people, that's a bad ratio for racism. Oh, yeah. I, I, I am so uncomfortable around a crowd of white people. It's like for real social anxiety. I, I hate it. I can't stand it. Well, it's just, you know, for me. I grew up in a pretty diverse area, so I'm used to diversity. I like diversity. I thrive in that. And so I I feel the same way. It's like something, this is very Stepford Wivesies. What's happening here? What are we doing? When's the sacrifice start? Because I want to be out before this shit really kicks in. Do we get the sheets here? Or did I have to bring my own? I just want to know for sure. Do we cut holes in ourselves or <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck are we supposed to do? Are your um are your audiences on the road pretty diverse? Yeah, you know, it skews a little bit older. Like I've I've really? gotten like old people at my shows, like in their retirement years, in the golden years, the past I'd say three or four years, but it's mainly women around my age. Um uh, and a lot of dudes, you know, it's it's very mixed, I would say, but it, it used to be all women. Wise. What's that? Ethnicity wise. Mixed. Really? Yeah, it kind of it kind of reminds me of like where I grew up in Syracuse. Like it was, it's pretty mixed here, and it sort of feels like that on the road. Um, is Syracuse super diverse, or is it like just the basketball team? <laughs> you know, my high school was more than fifty percent minority, and like my yeah, it was like half mixed you know, like black and um, people from different areas in, in Asia and a lot of Italians. And, you know, it was very, very mixed, very mixed. A lot of, you know, not a lot of Latinos though, in my, 
hometown that I know of. It was mainly like, you know, Asian and black and mm. all I never saw like because of that, I never my parents didn't raise me with any sort of differentiation between cultures. It just was people. You know, my best friends growing up the street, my sister's best friends were two um, kids from Vietnam right across the street. And my stepsister's black. And we just we had it around us all the time, you know, like just a community and mixture of of people. I feel like that's healthy. Melanin. Oh, bring some melanin in. Golly. (laughs) That's that's the best part of life. You know, it's like white white funerals. What'd you say? White funerals are the fucking worst. I, you know what's funny? I've never been to a funeral and I've never been to a wedding. Are you, like, how old are you? 25. Holy fuck. What about your dad's funeral? I mean, I was like two. I don't remember. That doesn't count. (laughs) I was like shitting myself in the corner. Like, it was not a memorable time for me. How has a girl not brought you to a wedding? Mm. I feel like you'd be a fun wedding date. Now I want to know somebody who's getting married just so I can bring you. Happily. Happily. I've heard <laughs> it's a good time, but yeah, just, just don't know. I mean, I have friends back in Ohio who got married, but like that's not a good enough reason to get me to go back to Ohio. Oh, hell no. Especially with the divorce rate. Although in Ohio, it's probably more successful because it's like, what are your options? Yeah, but where are you going to go? No, I'm not going to anyone's wedding in a coastal main city. If you're getting married in New York, bye. Let me know when the divorce party happens. I'm not exactly. showing up. You haven't been married, have you? No, I've never been married. Never had a kid. No STDs. Yeah, this coochie's clean and this heart is pure. Well, you know, <laughs> time will tell. You're still young. You have plenty of time. Time will tell. Time will tell. Oh, goodness. Oh, weddings. Do you think you're going to get married? Is that like... That's what, I was about, that's what I was about to ask you. I don't... I probably will. I'm I'm very monogamous. I'm very. Are you just saying that to flirt with me? No. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm so monogamous. I'm so like. You, uh, Matt, hold your thought. Tell me you say this on stage. Tell me you say I'm so monogamous. No, I don't say I don't say it like that. You have to. It's so fucking funny. But continue your thought. Why I'm, is that funny? That, I'm writing that it I down. Don't want my girl to fuck other people and me also. I'm going to write this down for you. It's I'm going to write down some notes about jokes that you've said that you need to talk about. Okay. Continue your thought. I'm so monogamous. I'm so not in like an aggressive way or or a problematic way, but I'm very possessive. I find something romantic about like you being mine and me being yours, you know, like I can. That was a plot for that Netflix show. You. God, I'd be so good on that show. You would be so good on that show. God, I just don't. I don't know if I text enough underage women to really get booked. Hold on. Let me call Kate Beckinsale. And- wow. <laughs> wow. And here I was thinking I was going to slide by without getting a reference. I had to throw one. Come on. I had to throw one. It was funny, too. It was really but funny. That's also opposite end of the spectrum. You know what I mean? It is. It is. I have so many old references from, like, if anyone ever accused me of being a pedophile, there's enough. <laughs> yeah, you're like, um, like mm, no, trust me, it's not his thing. Have you Googled me? Uh, gross. You're like, gross. Yeah, it's pretty fucking disgusting. <laughs> have, have you had a lot of relationships? I've been in 
four relationships that are like full on boyfriend, girlfriend, let's see where the future goes. Uh, and I like Damn. it. I know. I, li- I like them. I like relationships. Uh, it's nice to have a, a person, you know? It is nice to have a person. It's nice to have like, um, I don't know, someone who you can reveal all your shit to if you do yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Every time I do that, they run. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know when this clicked in. Probably like within like the past two years. I, I definitely like had the fuckboy phase for sure. Once I once people started saying like, hey, you're not ugly anymore. I was like, well, okay. Might as well cash in on this, playing catch up. But <laughs> as of recently, like I, I enjoy a first date because I'm like, unapologetically me on a first date i'll talk about whatever i'm goofy i'm silly i'm not like trying to like play it cool and take you to like mastro's steakhouse and to show you a cool <laughs> of a guy not at all i'm i'm like an open book from the jump and i think it's very telling for a lot of people i think it's a good way to do it because so there's so much um there's so much like like a facade put on when people meet each other and mm-hmm. it, and also, in, in this social media time, it's kind of hard to, well, I guess it's hard to lie, but it's also easy to lie. Basically, what I'm saying is I feel like people put on a good face when they meet one another, and then they wonder why their relationships sort of fall apart. Absolutely. Like, you, after you get past, like, the honeymoon phase or whatever, you're like, oh, yeah, this person, as a person, kind of fucking sucks. And I just want to weed out that process. Like, why, yeah, eventually that facade is going gonna, is gonna to fade, you know? Yeah, and, and it's it's like, and I've got a lot of baggage, so it's like I want you to be aware of that up front. I was gonna say that, like, there's people come with so much baggage, and they try so hard to hide it, and it's like, mm-hmm. bitch, I see six suitcases, the stole, not not the kind we're carrying on, the motherfuckers you got to check at that fancy, the fancy desk, the oversized packages, the fancy desk. Yes, there's a fancy desk for big ass packages when you want to fly. Where you got to go and check in, you know, some motherfucker brings an oboe on a flight to Wichita because he can't be without his oboe. Like, I see six of those behind you. Why don't you just unpack them? People are so afraid to unpack their shit. And we all have it. And you have to get past the uh, social media is um, it's a pro pro and a con because Mm -hmm. it's, it's very deceiving. It can give you a lot of insight, but it can be super deceiving. I'm I'm nothing like my Instagram at all. I like I said, I hate it. I okay, it. let me show. I'm a, I gotta show people. I let me come on. I, I can't stand it. Here's I I liked a photo today. I was just like going through because you know like I don't I don't scroll. I don't really like look at people's shit. Like I go mm-hmm. on for work and I try and put some entertaining stuff up and I get off. But I was like, let me look at his page. So I found one. I didn't go too deep, but I found one. I was like, this is who I think he is. Oh God! <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> Please don't be but a tagged photo. You're gonna. You're. I think you're gonna appreciate it. Okay. Oh okay. yeah. Oh, that's me for sure. Do, do you know why I say I think it's who you are? Oh, uncircumcised dudes be like. It shows your goofiness, and it's like you. You know, obviously, it's a beautiful photo. Like every girl watching this could sit on that face all day, every day, and just like eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner on that face. And that you go down here, and it's just like unsuc- uncircumcised dudes be like, "In the great cornholio, come through, Beavis and Butthead." Thank you. <laughs> if you go, if you ended up going through my profile, you will see probably ninety-eight percent of pictures I post, and especially like the more vanity-driven they are. 
like the weirder the caption is. Every oh. now and then I'll have one where I'm kind of feeling myself or feeling motivated for the day and I'll throw one on there. But excuse uh, what, me. Oh, uh, what's the caption on that one? Oh, uh, let's see. When you see mommy kissing Santa Claus and then he takes twenty dollars out of her purse and puts it in the pocket of his jean shorts. <laughs> Has I mean you're ridiculous. Because I can't I can't take that shit serious. Those kind of photos are so corny to me, and it's a big reason why a lot of people don't like me. So oh, it's like those people. You don't want look, you don't want people who don't like you don't want to like people who don't like you. And that it's the greatest, I think, pull for people where there's a psychological thing going on because as comedians, we mm. command attention. And when somebody doesn't like us, sometimes it's an instinctual thing to go, well, why the fuck don't they like us? Let me try and do this. And you keep yeah. leaning in and leaning in. We got to lean back. And I, that's why I was like, hey, this motherfucker, he doesn't, there's, there's a commodity, obviously. Look, one day you're going to be 80 and fucking wrinkled. You know what I mean? If you're a long time from now. Yeah. So, so many wives from now. So many, so many Hollywood director wives from now. Wow. Holler at your boy. (laughs) You might as well a celebrate what you fucking look like. I put my ass on Instagram. I haven't done it in a while because I've been kind of sad, but I'm coming out. I know. I thought about her following. I was like, she lost it. She, (sighs) She lost her brand. Oh, God, I got to put my ass back up, but I do the same shit. It's like, yeah, I got a great butt and I'm funny. So I'm going to put that shit together. And if you hate on it, you probably hate your ass. And yourself. Oh, yeah. The the shallowness that people think I am, I cannot, I cannot deal with these type of people. Like the, like the young dudes on like TikTok and stuff or, or our Instagram where it'll be like, it'll be like the type of photo I posted, but the caption is like, would you be mine it's like i will punch you in your fucking face who are you the caption caption is just the lick lip i can't stand the lick lip insane i can't really is it's the douchiest thing ever and people love it they get like eight million followers from it and i think the result of the generation you know it's like so much of, of this generation's existence is within a imaginary realm. It's on social media. They don't know these people. They never met them. So they're just responding to a facade and something that is a filtered image of who they really are. And so, of course, they're like, oh, yeah, like, girl, I'm yours. I'm all yours. I'm yours. Like, no, 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 we, no, 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 no. We need bullies now more than ever. 100%. And they got it. I think bullying is going to be at an all time high in like 10 years. I know. School can be like, do you want to see a picture of your mom's pussy? Because I got that (laughs) on on my lock screen. Oh, my God. Okay, here's a throwback. You just reminded me of something that happened. I used to work at H&M and we had a boss whose name shall go unnamed. Um, uh, I can't even remember her name now. I'm trying to remember it because I want to say it, but probably a good thing I can't because there's some reason I'm, I'm drawing a blank but she was a pretty girl mm-hmm. and she did like a naked photo shoot and I went to go into the fitting room because it was my shift and this homeboy who was half German half Mexican so funny his name was Abraham he was like you gotta come in here I've got a picture of her pussy and I was like <laughs> what? what and I'm telling you this because there were no cell phones. He printed this shit. No, he did not. He had like six pages of her photo shoot that he he got off the internet. 
and passed him around the store. And it, she did like a hustler, like spread lips. And this is a, a boss. She, <laughs> she's definitely your type. You would have fucking loved her. A little bit older, pretty, pretty, pretty. Hi. Like just beautiful face. And I have to say, pretty good kitty too. I wasn't. It was. Did he, yeah. did he like fold it up? pieces of like printer paper or did he like go all like he laminate them oh i thought you meant was her pussy folded up I'm like, i don't know she could have tucked it in i don't know about that just curious it was full on her collar or was she well mannered it was like sheets of paper he was like look at this <laughs> like he was serving you i got served pussy papers i was like we passed around the whole store what was her fucking name she was yeah so- please please figure out her name so i can guys her. It, it was a uh, h&m store in downtown crossing boston circa 2009 ish um you so know who you are 40 now Ooh, you want me to get you want me to get those digits do you have a type yeah mm. <laughs> You know what? I often think I do, but then every now and then someone will catch my interest, and I'm like, "Huh, maybe this is, is what I like." Uh, it's it's always older, always older. I, Why do you I, think that is? Not that I don't think anything's wrong with it, but what do you think about what do you like about older women? Um, besides the fact we know how to suck the skin off of a dick. Boy, do you! Thanks to because you've had so much time to be traumatized. Yep, you've had you've needed to you know get that out. Yes. Uh, it's hard to tell if this is just because I have been in LA for so long. Like I only had one girlfriend before moving to LA, like four months before I moved to LA, I lost my virginity. So like, I didn't have a lot of Midwest experience. So I only got shallow LA, but my experience with younger women in LA is like the lack of maturity and self, not necessarily in like a, like the maturity of older women isn't necessarily like the fact that they don't know how to you know, have fun or be goofy or whatever, but it's just like having their shit together is so attractive to me. Yeah. Not even like being well off or a nice apartment or anything like that. I don't give two shits about that. I just want you to like have a plan, not have some random dude or mommy and daddy paying your bills, having that sense of just independence. I, I think it's so attractive and young girls here, just dumb. They're they so don't. dumb and shallow, and it's just not for me. They're more they're more concerned with taking photos in front of murals than reading a book. And I can't yeah. like, what are we I, doing here? I've and what by the way, what you described, why you like older women is why most women go for certain types of men. Like, have your just have just have your shit some a semblance of mm-hmm. it being together. Yeah, like please i mean it it is a physical thing as well i don't know why physically i think women look better as they get older i I don't know why that is but i mean it it goes for that as well but that's just it it, they get they look better when they get older because they have really good dermatologists (laughs) is that what it is it's the botox (laughs) there we go a lot of the botox i thought about botoxing my butthole just to see if it would look cute without any wrinkles but then i got scared Can you Botox your balls, you think? Oh, for sure. You'd go from Robert Redford to, like, your face in two seconds. <laughs> I feel like we need a podcast. Like a little Christmas bulb under there, just smooth and shiny. 
Who is your celebrity crush? I just huh? said Robert Redford. Who's your celebrity crush? Kate Beckinsale. No, I don't. I don't do celebrity crushes anymore. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. You don't um, have one. If like I had that? to choose, probably Amelia Eve. Um, Damn! Now you're gonna make me Google. She's not super famous. She was in uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor. She plays the lesbian gar- uh, gardener. Oh, she was great. She's so cute to me. I think she's yeah. so cute. She was um, great in that. And she's I didn't like know her one name. year older than me, but I, I believe she's British, so she's technically like five years older than me. There's, yeah, they're definitely more mature for sure. For she's sure. like eighty-two. If she's if she's twenty-six, <laughs> it's eighty-two British years. <laughs> it's so cute. She's she's beautiful to me. I think she seem she seems fun and interesting. Um, I DM'd her one time and she left me on red. So she left you on a red bitch. At mm. least turn off your notifications to let me know that it's just in the ether. I know. Why even read it if you aren't interested? Are oh, you so like, busy? Why don't I don't even remember what I said. She she had done a post about wanting to do a film with Taika Waititi, the director, who's like mm-hmm. I've been obsessed with him for like way before he was on. Yeah, way before he like, um, was it Jojo Rabbit? Please go watch that movie. Oh, I saw it like six times the year it came out. So I good. bet, I bet it hit you hard. I bet that movie was like so good, oh. so good. It was so good. Have you seen What We Do in the Shadows? I haven't. Everyone keeps telling me to watch it. Is it a series now? And it was a movie. Yeah. So the movie was uh, was originally Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. Um, both uh, New Zealand. They're brilliant. Um, so it's a movie first and the movie is amazing. And then now it's a show on FX, but with different actors and different characters, but same exact premise. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to watch it. It's my favorite thing to do. Huh? That's my favorite thing to do. Like I watch scary movies to go to sleep. There's something. I'm the same way. I was watching uh, shutter Island last night to fall asleep to. That movie's trippy, man. It, like, that's the sort of thing where if you do just the right amount of edibles, you could be like, yo, am I Leonardo DiCaprio? Like, where am I right now? Is this I, even, I would what's watch you be like, oh, shit, I, I know how this ends, and now I can see everything. It's great. You know, <laughs> I was, you, you I was laughing. A lot? I just thought of something really funny when you were what? talking, when we were talking about celebrity <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I was gonna say your celebrity crush is Angela Lansbury. Who the fuck is that? From Murder, she wrote. I of course I've never seen that. Uh, everybody who knows what it is is gonna cry. Wait, I gotta show you. Oh, please Google it. So I'm this, not completely okay. lost. I love that you don't know who it is. I kind of have a little bit of a lady boner. The fact that you don't know who she is. It's a show from back in the day. She was a badass female um, detective. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I would bend her over her shower chair so quick. <laughs> wow! God damn, she's fine. She, you know, she really had it together. Did you ever jerk off to uh, Golden Girls? <laughs> it was Blanche for me. Blanche was a sexy bitch, man. That was such a funny show. If you go back and watch that, 
their content is so progressive. Have you seen the Betty White documentary on Netflix? No, I want to oh, watch this amazing. shit. I had no idea. I thought Golden Girls was like her main thing. She was famous, hugely famous for so long before that. Damn. I had no idea. Were you she touching yourself a little bit? What's that? Were you touching yourself a little bit watching it? Not until it got to the Golden Girls part. She was <laughs> young for me in her 40s. It was only for me. She had a, I might, I might butcher this a little bit, but I'm pretty close. She had like a, a live television show for like, it was like five or six hours a day, five days a week. Um, she hosted this live television show and there was no commercials. She had to do the, everything was live. She had to do the commercials as well. So she was on live for like five or six hours a day. That explains why she's still so sharp. Is she still alive? She's still alive. She, she just turned 99 this year. Damn. I know. If, I'm, I'm sliding in the DM when she hits 100. Oh, you better. Slide in now because we don't know if she's going to make it. She's she's like a, she's a piece of American history. It'd be like dicking down Rosa Parks, you know? Like, yeah. You have that story. Yeah, def- dicking down Rosa Parks. <laughs> it's Black History Month. That felt like the right thing to say. Oh my god! Oh my, it's amazing. You gotta see it just to see I'm gonna how, watch much, it. how much she's done is so impressive, and she still hand writes and, uh, and returns her fan mail. Are you serious? She's have arthritis. She will after I'm done with oh, her for sure. So terrible. So bad, that guys. If you've been offended by anything, please email us. Let us know what offended you. Also, if you have any connections to Betty White, email us. Yes, please email us. We would love some Betty White connections. Also, if you have any rare Golden Girls footage that hasn't aired for for Matt Spank Bank, please definitely send it to us. We would love, 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 love. We would love that. Yeah. Do you think if you were Betty White at her age, would you still want to smash? Like if I genuinely pursued Betty White, and was like, hey, I'd love to to do sex with you. you I'm going to be honest. Down? I'm going to be honest with you. If I was Betty White and I just got done with dinner at like 2 p.m. And I was about really? ready. Yeah. You know, I was putting on my night creams. And you showed up. I would be so quick to pop all of the medicines, my ginkgo biloba's. My Metamucil, I would t- snort magnesium. I would tell you to wait on my flower porch. Old bitches always have flower porches with like boilies. <laughs> I would tell you to wait on my hot ass flower porch while I went into calisthenics in the fucking living room. I would set up the bathroom for us with my shower chair. I'd have my life alert. I would press it just, just to- in case. I'd have an ambulance and no, a heart no, doctor. Like, I'll- beat the clock. I have to finish by the time the ambulance gets there. Shouldn't be a problem. You better believe I'm going to make a wish the shit out of this kid. I just would assume you were a make a wish kid. I'm like, oh, you want to fuck an old lady? Come right in. Do you like Werther's original? I hit him in my <laughs> pussy. I bet her pussy tastes like a Werther's original. I bet it does. She keeps- How do you think she lures fellas like you into her house? She pops, she got Werther's original. Her pussy's a candy jar. (laughs) (laughs) One of the glass ones that grandmas always have. So heavy. 
Oh my so God. Remember those shitty ass candies, the strawberry, like the plastic wrappers? Yes. Green top. Those and grandma's always had um the wafer cookies. The oh yeah. Oh my god. What about those cookies with like the um jelly, like the, the shortbread cookie with like the jelly in the middle? I live for that shit. I bet you do. <laughs> it's an aphrodisiac for me. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. Ah, fuck. I should probably talk about this in therapy. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't have mommy issues or grandma issues. I don't. I mean, my mom doesn't have her shit together at all, so that kind of checks out. Well, so so your mom married this, remarried an asshole mm. when you were how old were you? What like, like soon after your dad died? Yeah, I was like five. He, he was he was abusive to you? Oh yeah, we'd fight all the time. It's crazy. Was he like would he hit you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ugh. To the point Man. where it's like not even, it's not even it's so normalized to me, it's not even a triggering subject. Like, yeah. Is she still married to him? No, no, no. They got divorced like Oh God, probably three or four years ago, but they were like, they were like over it. I'd say six years ago, but like, it was one of those circumstances where like neither of them could afford to leave each other. So I was like, <laughs> I just would live in this house. It was, crazy. You- it was, it was so bad. I remember like, if you would have walked into my high school home, you would have been like, which Texas high school quarterback lives here. It was just a trailer full of beer cans everywhere. It was so you grew, gross. You legit grew up in a trailer? Uh, for a couple of years. And then we moved to like an okay house. You're like Eminem. <laughs> for sure, I'm Eminem. You're the Eminem of comedy, 100%. That might be the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> Are you close As with I your wear mom? This beanie. <laughs> Are you close <laughs> with your mom? Pretty close, yeah. Um, closest with my grandpa, I'd say. Is that your mom's mom or your dad's dad? Or your mom's dad or your dad's my mom's dad? dad? You'd love him. Um, I got him a pocket pussy for the past two Christmases in a row. I'll give him a real one. Does he have any money? <laughs> he has no money. Uh, you would be doing it for the love of the game. Like, you would uh. get nothing from it. <laughs> he's, been, <laughs> he's been single for... 13 years and hasn't been on a date since. Oh, there should be a service for men like that and women. Like if you are single and elderly, there should be some sort of service where someone takes you out, wines and dines you, gives you a little Yankee, Yankee, Yankee. And, you know, or, or, you know, the Morse code, the DJ Morse code. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously it's been a while. I'm like, <laughs> I love your technique. I'm gonna copy that. <laughs> and if a girl ever goes, "What are you doing?" Just say, "Jesse May Peluso taught me this." <laughs> it's, the, it's the sharp tongue technique. I yeah, love it. yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. I got it. I got him one like two years ago, and he was like, <laughs> "Like thought it was a total gag gift or whatever." And then like September of that following year, I was like. I don't really know how to top what I got you for Christmas last year. I was like, honestly, how was it? And he was like, Matthew, I broke its neck. <laughs> Your grandfather? My grandfather. I was also, mortified that he gave it a body part. 
He, it's a, he's a gentleman. That's why. I didn't need to know what he was envisioning. And also the fact that he broke it. Mm-hmm. A bit he's impressive. a gentleman. Yeah, 100%. He's a gentleman. And how, but I was thinking like, you're 25. So how old is your grandfather? Like 42? 66. Right in that wheelhouse. Ooh. Oh, yeah. He um, has no money. It's great. You'd love it. Oh God, I can't, I can't deal with broke dudes anymore in my life. I've sort of graduated from that time in my Oh, this has been fun. Uh. <laughs> Doggies don't bark. My dogs are going crazy. Is your sister hey. home? No, it's probably the murderer coming to get me because I'm literally in my own horror movie plot where everyone leaves and I'm alone with the dogs distracted on my laptop. <laughs> what would you do if I got murdered on here? Oof. Um, is everything okay? Are you sure you're fine? <laughs> Make sure I can put it on TikTok <laughs> so I can cash in on this tragedy. Oh my god, it, I I kind of love that you gave your grandfather that. I think it's like you know, you asked if I would still bone at that age, and I feel like my grandma was boning well into her 90s. She was going out riding motorcycles with her boyfriend, they were going out dancing on Friday nights. So a pocket pussy, I feel, is like par for the course for I an guess, elderly dude. I guess, don't they say like nursing homes are like riddled with STDs because people are just fucking like crazy? Well, they're going to be when I get there for sure. <laughs> I'm going to party started. I'm going to come with a bag of syphilis. Like, who wants to come over? <laughs> just, just sprinkling syphilis on all Making it rain gonorrhea. Who wants a shortbread cookie? <laughs> You're gonna earn this five dollar birthday card. Mm. I got the second one. I got them has a uh, God. They're getting so um, like the, they they keep upgrading them. I got him the last one. I got him has a uh, the the back end of it that you don't fuck has like a suction cup thing, so you can put it to a wall. Or a fridge door. Or a fridge door. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I love sex and snacks, so I'm just, just thinking for myself. Just opening and closing with every stroke. And then you get yourself like a little pizza? It's like a fucking, that's a date. That sounds great. That sounds yeah, wonderful. You, you may have just come up with a Shark Tank idea of the year. I, we should go into Shark Tank and be like, guys, we're asking for $62 million for 2% of our idea. That's why there's a light in the refrigerator. You put the kitchen all the way dark, and then with each stroke, it kind of lights up a little bit. It's like a disco. Yeah, it's like it's like a rapey disco, but you're only <laughs> raping yourself. I'm terrified, though, because like now I'm like, when I go home next Christmas, if there's any drywall patches, I'm going to know. Oh, <laughs> So I can't imagine the suction cup comes off that easily. It wouldn't be great if your if your grandpa was still stuck to it, like some sort of alley cat, <laughs> just emaciated, like a, like The Walking Dead. He hasn't been able to eat Yo, for days. If he goes out like that, God bless him. God bless him. If he goes out inside of a pocket pussy, that's a full spectrum. It's a full spectrum of life. I wouldn't even. It would be my fault, but I wouldn't feel bad about it you at could- all. You could put it on stage, put it on page, and bring it to the fucking stage. Oh god, that'd be so good. He's been um, he's been a big supporter. He was the one that would like drive me to open mics and stuff when I was like fifteen, like after high school. That's awesome. He, was, he, he encouraged you to be a comedian. He's he's probably the primary 
responsible person for that. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, you know, one of the reasons why people like you and I who've been through a lot of shit end up okay is because of love, because of somebody who saw potential in us. We're okay. Not great. We're okay. Okay. We're okay. I think we're okay. I mean, you, you're, dad's suicide your mom's abusive tornado of a relationship you know going through toxic relationships we always search for the thing that hurt us the most damn that's so deep i've done a lot of therapy i've learned that about myself you know is your therapist does he does he like does he lead you in a direction like does he ever point things out or is he more of like a kind of kind of gets you to figure it out on your own Oh, he's he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why can't you see that this is what's going on? Like, it's so obvious. He's very direct. Yeah, he's really, really good. He's been on the podcast. His name is Brett Costin, and he's out really? in L.A. Yeah. Oh, shit. Is he good? You like he's him? great. Yeah. I actually discovered him because I was reading Brian Cranston's autobiography, A Life in Parts, which if you like shit like that, it's a really good book. Yeah. It's about how he got into acting and his whole life growing up and I'm a huge fan of his. So he mentioned Breck in the book. And then one of my dear friends also mentioned Breck within the, the week. And I was like, okay, I need to meet him because the universe is throwing him at me. Mm-hmm. And that was like three and a half years ago. And I, you know, I went to therapy for years after I got raped and, and dealing with like sexual trauma and all sorts of things that I experienced as a child. You know, I had an uncle who molested one of my best friends for like, six years and and you know so all of that i had to unpack in a very short amount of time um so i went to traditional therapy where the therapist would sort of just sit there and listen but not Mm -hmm. really provide a lot of strategic ways to start to excavate the issue just sort of listen and while that serves a purpose i need I'm a very um, ambitious person. And I also, I like to figure things out. I like to solve a problem. And I think once we realize certain tools and ways to implement things into our life where we can solve our problem, our Mm -hmm. issue, which is the biggest problem we need to solve, then you can be more present everywhere else. And Breck was really the only one who sort of was a little bit more strong, a little strong-handed when it comes to how to get out of your own fucking way. And, yeah. and that's what he says. He's like, you got to get the fuck out of your way. And he also says, which was the point of this diatribe that I'm on, he said that you will. there's a core issue in you and you will find it everywhere else in your life until you dig it out yourself. It will show up in your work, your friendships, your relationships. It's... It, Ah, fuck, maybe I need to do a session with him. I'd be so interested to have that. The one I go to, she's a, I, I try to go to a, a female because I do talk about a lot of relationship stuff mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And I don't want it to be like, I don't want to have the dude be like, you know, bitches are crazy. It's very easy <laughs> for a, a guy therapist to just do that. Well, that's women for you. Just uh, be honest. You're looking for another girlfriend. When you go to therapy, you're just looking for another girlfriend. It's a first date. Yeah, I'm just unloading everything. And then afterwards I go, so what do you think? <laughs> Can we see each other again or you think this will, is this doable? Could you put up with this kind of feeling you? I feel like we have a connection. I love, I just like it being unbiased, but she's a lot more sit back, listen, let you figure it out on your own, which I think I'm good with because I'm probably a crazy person who has so many internal dialogues going on all the time. I am 
always thinking of things and overthinking things. It's like so, anxiety. Yeah, I guess that is what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, for her to just be able to, like, just listen and let me vent, usually I can work stuff out on my own. But I, I think I would like a little bit of confirmation or, or direction in it. I can give you my guy's info. And I feel like the fact that you're even going to any kind of therapy is amazing, you know. And, and having someone listen, like you said, is that's a step in a direction of healing. And, mm-hmm. you know, my dude just has – he's just more – aggressive that's like a a, it's a word that maybe has a negative connotation to it but he's just he's effective yeah and he's strategic you know he's like somebody where like for example 2020 hits and my tour gets canceled you know my boyfriend and i broke up and my mom dies so i'll go to him i haven't been to him this whole year and i just hit him up a couple weeks ago like okay all this stuff sort of has culminated and I'm ready to be progressive in this next year. What, what, what am I doing now? How has what happened sort of gotten in my way and what can I do to unpack that moving forward? So, do you, sorry to interrupt. I, I'm just curious. Do you go usually consistently like on a weekly or every other week or is it when it's usually like I really need to talk to somebody now? Yeah. It's like an as needed thing, you know, for yeah, me, same, that here. Works. same here. They always recommend that you do it consistently, but some, sometimes I'm fine. It's well, rare, but sometimes I'm okay. We talk for work. We mm-hmm. you're on. That's very cathartic. Like being on stage and just rambling your thoughts. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is dark. Like you're. I've learned similar to me where darkness is where you shed light, and that can be extremely cathartic. And oh yeah, not that comedians need less therapy i just think if you treat it a certain way you can use the stage as a as a healing tool as well but you know it's it's just interesting because like as i said in the beginning of us talking people look at people like you and i two white attractive people and assume that we've had this plate of privilege served to us our whole lives and i don't know suicide rape molestation death trauma doesn't sound too fucking <laughs> wonderful to me right i think it's interesting you bring up the the work concept of it um like i started going pretty heavily like mid last year i started having panic attacks like i don't know had never had them before have you ever had one? Oh yeah fucking terrifying right the worst it really uh, you feel like you're dying oh absolutely it's the scariest thing i could possibly imagine anybody going through um and now actually like now most of my anxiety and panic attacks come from like PTSD of having another panic attack. It's crazy. Oh, that's definitely a thing. It definitely, it's like one oh. panic attack can beget another panic attack. Exactly. So I started having that. I was going to therapy, trying to figure out why I was having so much anxiety and panic when like nothing's even going on. Like I'm just at home chilling every day. And this is when I went like five months without being on stage and like just waking up every day work out and then like just be high all day and fucking do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, uh, my therapist started to talk about work and how it's been so scarce. And we came to the conclusion that it, it is such an exertion of energy. I hate when comedians go like, Oh, the stage is my therapy. And then they go up there and be like, my dick is so weird. Like, what are you unpacking? Don't say it because you think it's a deep thing to say, but yeah, like, exactly. so it's not always in that sense. But it is, no matter what you're talking about, it, it's still an exertion of energy and thought. 
and it's your brain has to work so hard. So even just the the level of performance, he was like, you've been doing stand up. It had been nine years last year, um, pro- at least once a week, probably on average for the past nine years of your life. And he's like, now you haven't done it in five months. He was like, all of that kind of energy is just kind of moving around your body and you have no way to get it out. So that's what made us start doing our outdoor shows, actually. So it ended up being, you know, a blessing in, descri- in, in, in disguise. Um, but yeah, I thought, that, I thought that was super interesting to realize like, oh shit, maybe we do need what we do. I think so. And that makes perfect sense. Like I've had days where I wonder like what's going on with me. And like, I didn't even think about that for a long time during the quarantine. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not getting on stage. Like you're getting mm-hmm. on stage. Like I I was like, what, what's all this caustic kinetic and it feels like just a rambunctious child who's throwing a fit in my mind and my mm-hmm. in my energy and not knowing where or what it was from and it, it took me a while to realize that too like there's definitely um when you speak about things that are traumatizing like suicide and rape and obviously our whole sets aren't all of that but when they're woven into what we do on stage that that connects people to their own trauma and it also a little bit a little piece of us can release it Mm -hmm. It, you can just let you can let go it's 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 claw onto you you know what i mean like when you talk about it you just you just release its latch that it has on you a little bit at least for me at least if you're saying it sarcastically on stage like oh i was you know (laughs) i was molested or whatever even if you say it in that tone and people laugh they're like ah they're just kidding you're like I'm free I'm a little bit. I technically just yelled to a bunch of people how I was molested and whether they know it or not, that's such a relief for me. Is it terrible that I'm laughing? <laughs> no, it's cathartic. You're welcome. Uh, well, Matt, we have to continue this. This is going to be a part one. I'm writing this down. This is going to be a part one of our conversation because I, we don't really know each other and there's so much more depth to you than you know, meets the eye. And um, now that I know that you, A, would bend Angela Lansbury over her shower chair, I believe you call it. Absolutely. And B, you go to therapy. You're a very dynamic individual. Thank you. Thank you. I like to think so. I like to, you know, keep people on their toes. So we're going to, we're going to consider these open conversations and we're just going to have them as, as, as our hearts desire whenever our schedules allow if you would come back we're going to continue to get to know each other happily when do you when do you think you might come back to la i'm going to come back actually a week from today you're back a week from today yeah i'm packing up my apartment and figuring out what my next moves are i just i don't know if if my soul is out there right now at this time mm-hmm. i'm still going through healing and dealing with losing my mom and and i don't I don't feel the universe calling me to dig my heels in anywhere right now, besides with my family and my sister and her kids, which is a lot for me because I am not a traditionally child friendly person. But Mm. so, yeah, I'm going to come out there and I'll probably be out there for like a month. So maybe we can sit six feet apart from each other and cough in each other's faces. Yeah, definitely cough in each other's face. And I might flash you uh, my kneecap. Um, It's been a while since you flashed somebody. My kneecap, yeah, I've never flashed a kneecap, but I'll flash one to you. That's all I really need. I that's all you really need. A good. A good... 
Hate it. Hate what it. about the face afterwards? Because you knew. <laughs> you knew you were wrong. You knew you were wrong. Where can these fools find you? Where can uh, Black Pumpkin guys will be? No, out. it's not out yet. It's not out. It's Black so Pumpkin bad. is out everywhere, streaming on so Vulu, Vudu, Hulu, so and Tutu. They keep asking me to promote it too, and I'm like, "Are you out of your fucking mind?" I am promoting it. I am promoting the fuck out of it. Oh sorry, God. I'm so sorry, Black Pumpkin. Everybody, I believe it's available on Prime Video for six dollars. Yeah, go ahead and waste your money while there's starving children in Africa. You nice try. Nice try. We're not falling for that shit. Black Pumpkin, everybody available everywhere, streaming everywhere. You're Guys. a nightmare. <laughs> oh, my God. You Do you have a podcast? No, I don't have a podcast. You need a podcast. Um, you have a live sh- uh, the show in L.A. Where can they how can they come see that if they're in L.A.? Oh, yeah. If you guys live in L.A., uh, we do a show called Low Key Outside. Uh, it's all one word. We have an Instagram. We always post our lineups and everything. Um, I don't, how, how soon does this come out? This will probably be out within 24 hours. So probably tomorrow um, or Thursday. OK, so, yeah, this coming Sunday, the 21st, uh, it's an Eagle Rock, like 15, 20 minutes outside of L.A., um, we have Whitney Cummings, Chris Red, Mikey Winfield, Matt Bronger, Blair, uh, Blair Saki, uh, myself, and then Paul Elia produced the show. I love Paul. Um, it's a great a, lineup. I know, right? It's kind of kind of killer. Uh, we've got it's almost sold out actually, so there might be a few tickets left. Um, but we do that every other week, so come check that out. Um, but if not, they can always just my own social media, or whatever. It's all just my name. All of it. And on TikTok, they can find your cock on TikTok. If they have nothing better to do they can find me on tiktok and you know honestly if my career stays stagnant for much longer only fans very soon <laughs> i'm so don't close hate the player hate the game I'll i'm giving there. it one more year jesse i'm one more year six months come on don't be such a prude ah, <laughs> god it was really surprisingly delightful i mean i knew we would have fun but it was nice to like sit and talk with you and uh you feel like a human like a real human being now and not just a piece I'm of such a good actor. that's great you are. You could be a total sociopath. Oh my god, are you American Psycho? You totally are. You minx. You minx. Punches and print some business cards. I'll be back. <laughs> well, I'll give you a call again, and we'll do this again real soon. Anytime. Have a good okay. week. Okay. Talk to you Bye. soon. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.